Welcome to Section 420, Talking Yankees, the podcast. Well, I figured this episode will do a little play a highlight. Again, have done this in the past with some other Yankee players. And uh, again, uh, not too long ago, did a look back at the 1952 World Series. So kind of wanted to look through another, you know, remember when so-and-so was a Yankee. Um, I was kind of thinking of Rondell White just kind of randomly. Again, he was with the Yankees back in 2002. They can't, um, you know, part of that team when they signed Giambi. Uh, but then I was kind of poking around a bit, thinking of different names, and I came up, you know what, Luis Polonia. Um, he's someone I mentioned, um, one of my old Yankee stories. You know, I actually met him one time after a game in 94, got an autograph by him. So, yeah, I'd say he's one of the you know great Yankees you really remember. Uh, but what I did find it interesting that I didn't really actually realize that um, he actually had three different runs in a Yankee uniform. So a pretty long career and then three times, um, you know, visiting the Bronx Palms and you know, playing for the Yankees there. So I kind of found that interesting. So I said, all right, you know what? Let's let's do a Luis Polonia as the player highlight. So that's what, who we'll cover in this episode. Uh, so before we get started, you know, to get little cool things like this, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. It's only available for you podcast subscribers there. So wherever you're listening to this, crush, kill, destroy that like or subscribe button and get notified when new episodes come up. Again, we'll look back at Yankee history, Yankee present, Yankee future, all stuff Yankees. Section 420 Talking Yankees, the podcast. So Luis Polonia, you may remember him from like the late 80s, 90s. And again, he was part of the 2000 World Series Championship Yankees there. Um, you know, was part of the team that beat the Mets there and was part of that, you know, uh, game one rally where the Yankees had to come back against Benitez. I kind of get into that. Uh, but Poloni himself, he was born December 10th, 1963 in the Dominican Republic. Uh, you know, kind of a short guy, um, you know, he kind of crouched down a left-handed hitter. He was, so he was a left-handed hitter, outfielder, who would throw lefty. And he was, he was your basic leadoff type hitter, kind of, you know, he worked walks, um, have a high batting average. And, he, you know, he was a speed. The problem was, he was a fast guy, but not really a great, you know, instincts in terms of stealing bases. Like he would steal a lot of bases, but he'd also get caught a lot. So kind of a yin yang there. Uh, not like a high percentage steal guy. Just more like he'll just go all the time and hey, if I make it, I make it. If I don't, I don't. So not really smart in that regard. But again, uh, you know, generally what you call like a leadoff hitter. Not a, you know, not really a power guy. Maybe he'll bop a home run once in a while there. Um, you know, I would almost say like um, maybe like a poor man's Johnny Damon, more or less. You know, never was an all-star, never like sort of sort of, you say, wow, this guy's great. He's kind of a good role player type guy. And that was kind of his, you know, um, I guess his background, you know, when he was playing, I guess, in the Dominican Republic there, just, you know, a fast guy, but he would get caught a lot as well. And he would bring that into the majors um, as I'll, you know, kind of, you know, give you the numbers there. So uh, he would sign with the Oakland A's and he would make his debut with Oakland in 1987. So he's in, you know, he's part of the uh, the Bash brothers there with, uh, you know, Conseco and Maguire kind of witnessing that up close. And a year later, 1998, he would uh, play in his first World Series. So getting a taste of the postseason pretty early in his career. And that was a World Series uh, between the Oakland Athletics and the Dodgers. Now, uh, the Dodgers would win that World Series. And Polonia himself, was, you know, didn't really help much, only going one for nine in that series. Now, in the next year, 1989, he would get his first uh, taste of, uh, you know, Yankee pitch stripe. So, it was uh, June of that year, so it was a trade. Now, he was, he was packaged in a trade um, with Eric Plunk and uh, uh, Greg uh, Caradette for Ricky Henderson. Again, that's when the Yankees were trying to, you know, the Yankees kind of uh, went big there with, with the big names, of, you know, Winfield and, of course, Ricky Henderson. And, and they always had a good offense there. But uh, I guess by the late, you know, late, late 80s, they wanted to tear it down. I guess Ricky Henderson was probably driving everyone nuts. Don Manley starting to have any injuries. And, of course, he had that old situation with George Steinbrenner, and Dave Winfield kind of going at each other a little bit. And uh, that kind of started a rift between Winfield and the Yankee organization, which finally repaired itself maybe very recently. But for those a good 20, 25 years, they were like Winfield wanted nothing to do with the organization just for 
think Steinberg was like trying to spy on him and try to, you know, get the IRS to go after Winfield. It's like whatever George back in the day was going crazy. So I guess they was looking to tear it down. So they trade Henderson um, to Oakland. And then that's how the Yankees ended up getting Luis Polonia. And Eric Plunk there, if you remember, he was a little, he was decent for the Yankees in the bullpen for a while again, but not, not, nothing for long term. He would eventually go on to the Cleveland Indians a few years after that. But with the Yankees, only had a half a season there, but would hit 313. Uh, with nine steals. So, you know, as you kind of say, a high batting average, got some steals there, but did run into some legal trouble. Unfortunately, in August of that year, uh, had a little situation in Milwaukee, apparently with a minor uh, sexual assault with a 15-year-old there. So the judge sentenced him to 60 days in prison, but the judge was, I guess, kind enough to let him finish out the baseball season. So uh, even that he had that hanging over his head, he had to, um, you know, finish out the season. And then in October, once the season over, uh, served 60 days in prison, uh, for that infraction. Plus, uh, he had to give like $10,000 fine to some hospital that deals with sexual assaults like that. So obviously, you know, not making a good first impression uh, in New York. Uh, and of course, you would see what would happen afterwards. The next season, 1990, just 11 games into the season, they trade him to the Los Angeles, or I guess back then, the California Angels uh, for a package which included uh, Claudel Washington and Rich Monteleone. And Monteleone, yeah, it's kind of a... Had a little something going there as a pitcher, but again, he eventually would fizzle out there. Now, he spent three years with the Angels organization, his best year being in 1991, where he hit 336, um, had a 122 OPS, and finished in third place with nine triples, but also, as I said before, led the league in getting caught stealing. So, he's a fast guy, but I guess he's a little reckless and just goes for it, whatever, and, uh, but he, he gets nailed a lot as well. Now, after the 93 season, would come back to the Yankees, but this time as a free agent. So I guess, you know, getting traded away, I guess he really didn't do anything for his, uh, you know, whatever, ego or like that. He had no problem coming back to the Yankees. Uh, and in 94, now that was the strike shortened season. So it wasn't a full season. But in that season for the Yankees, uh, hit 311 and was 20 out of 32 in stolen bases. So that's not terrible. Uh, you know, you'd like to rather be like 25 out of 32, but nevertheless, uh, 20 steals for the, uh, for the Yankees there. But of course, as you know, the 94 season was cut short with the strike. Now, we would finally resume in 1995. He was still under co- contract with the Yankees, uh, but the Yankees, for whatever reason, decided to trade him to the Braves. And fortunately for Polonia, that 95 Braves team went to the postseason. So now this is his second postseason run, and they would make it to the World Series against the Cleveland Indians, beating them. Uh, so Polonia would get his first ring there with the Atlanta Braves. And in the World Series himself, he went 4-14 for 14, uh, with one walk, a double. Three runs scored and four RBI, so chipped in a little bit there and got his first ring um, for the Atlanta Braves. Now, uh, once his contract was up in 96, the start of the season, he was actually signed by the Seattle Mariners. That was a non-guaranteed contract, uh, but by spring training of that year, he was released, so I guess really wasn't doing that well and I guess maybe didn't show any promise. Uh, so soon after that, the Orioles actually picked him up off the scrap heap at that point. Now, he would uh, get signed by the Orioles, get sent to their Rochester uh, minor league team, only play 14 games uh, before being cut by the organization. This is kind of floating around out there. But he would get picked up again by the Braves in August of that year. And if you may recall, 96, that's the year that the Yankees played the Atlanta Braves uh, in the World Series. And, and again, the Yankees uh, stopping the Braves from going back and back to back there. Now, Polonia himself, overall in the series, didn't hit great against his former team, uh, going 0 for 10. But if you may recall, it was the game five there, uh, that final battle. Again, that was the uh, and the pitching duel between Andy Pettit and John Smalls. Again, the Yankees uh, fell down two games and nothing in that World Series, shifted to Atlanta, 
one game three behind David Cohn. Then you had the crazy game four with the uh, John uh, so Jim Larritt's three-run home run off of Mark Wallace where the Yankees came back in that game. Again, the dramatic comeback from six runs down to tie the series 2-2. And then you had the big game five, the pitches duel between John Smoltz and Andy Pettit. Andy Pettit barely uh, um, you know, squeaking out there the uh, one nothing, uh, uh, you know win over John Smoltz there and the Braves. And really, but it came down to that last at bat, if you may remember, uh, with John Wetland, Luis Polonia, kind of Polonia battling, 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 fouling pitches off, fouling pitches off, and then finally sends a shot into right field, and you're like, uh-oh, this might be a double there. And you had Paul O'Neill with the bad hamstring and hobbled, able to just muster enough speed to catch the ball, slam against the wall there, and close out the win. And again, with a very gratifying, satisfying win for the Yankees where they were able to take a 3-2 lead in the series and then go back uh, for game six back in the Bronx. And, of course, that's where they closed it out. And of course, we all know the image of Charlie Hayes, uh, catching that ball there in foul territory for third base and then running and John Wetland, of course, being hoisted up there on the pitcher's mound. But it was Luis Polonia in that game five there. Uh, again, he didn't do much for the Braves overall, but just that, that at bat there was this nerve-wracking fouling pitch after pitch after pitch after pitch. And then finally hits a shot, and then luckily O'Neill is able to flag it down with the bad hammy there. Uh, so, uh, and so unfortunately, so that would be his third tri- trip to the World Series uh, you know, in his career, so if only one ring to show for that. Now, afterwards... Um, he was in 97, in 97 signed with Tampa Bay again, Tampa was, that was going to be the new, uh, you know, they were going to going to be, be the new franchise in 98 there again, both Tampa Bay and the Colorado Rockies with two new teams there, but he actually never got to play Ended up going to the Mex- Mexican lead. We'll go play for the Mexican city Tigres where he actually led the, the league in steals and was second in batting average there. Now in the winter of that year, he would play a little winter ball who would hit 382, so here's a guy who is seemingly getting released a lot. Also, now he's hitting almost 400 <coughs> steroids. Anyway, um, spent another year, the next season, 98, also in the Mexican League. Um, hit just as well, hit uh, 381 and was 36 out of 45 in steals. And then, of course, the winter of 98, played some more winner ball where he hit 336 and won a batting title. So he seemed to really, whether he changed the swing or was dealing with some PEDs or something, but it seemed like that move to... The Mexican League, those two years there, actually, um, I guess revitalized his career and was, uh, you know, a high, high, almost a 400 hitter there. Uh, uh, so it's just a little curious there. I mean, I didn't say he's a major league talent going to a lesser place, but nevertheless, very curious how all of a sudden he became, you know, Ted Williams all of a sudden. But nevertheless, would come back to the majors uh, in 1999, late in the season, was signed by the Detroit Tigers. So he went from the Mex- Mexico City Tigres to the Detroit Tigers. Where he hit a respectable 324 with 10 home runs in 87 games. So let's just say you double that in a normal 162 uh, game season. There, you probably look at a guy who's hitting, you know, probably about 315 with about 18 to 20 home runs, which again, that's pretty darn good at that point. Again, this is getting later in his career. Uh, but uh, in 2000, he would start off with Detroit again, but halfway through the season, uh, only hitting 273, was released after 80 games. And it's kind of weird there because it's not like he was garbage, but I guess whatever reason, they didn't fit into his plans. Or, again, maybe they kind of found out how he became such a great hitter again and just wanted to part ways with him. But nevertheless, he was now out there floating around. Uh, and so August 3rd of that year, 2000, comes back for the Yankees for a third time, third tenure with the Yankees, um, serving as a part-time outfield as well as DH. Now, didn't have a really big impact on that team. Again, the 2000 team ready for their third World Series um, you know, championship in a row, but did, ha- did have a big, 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 big role in the game one of that World Series against the Mets. Again, that was the one where they came back against Benitez. 
Again, Paul O'Neill would lead off uh, that inning with a big walk against Benitez, and Polonia would keep it going with a single, and eventually the Yankees would tie tie the score of that game and then go on, go on to win thanks to a game-winning hit by Jose Vizcaino uh, for the Yankees to break the Mets' heart there and take game one. Again, Polonia was part of that rally there. And similar to what you know when he battled John Wetland back in 96, just kind of battled Benitez there and got a good ball to hit and was able to sneak one in the hole in the second base hole there just to keep that rally going. So, again, Luis Polonia, not really a big impact on the Yankee organization, but that at bat and being part of that, I guess, you know, I guess that would probably be his highlight of his career, if you would say so. And then after the World Series that year, he finally retired from baseball. I guess, you know, whatever. I guess he figured the jig was up, whatever. Just, I don't know, for whatever reason. He probably could have gotten a contract somewhere else, but I guess a lot of bounce around for the guy. Now, these days, he runs the Polonia Baseball Academy uh, in 2016. He was inducted to the Caribbean Baseball Hall of Fame. But unfortunately, uh, two years ago, actually, sorry, three years ago now, he did suffer a tragedy uh, on May 8th of 2020. His son, Rodney, former player, uh, was found dead of apparent heart attack. Now, this is 2020 May. I don't know. Was it COVID-related? Probably not. Who knows? Was it drug-related? Who not? Who knows? But unfortunately, uh, dead at a young age of 27 there. Uh, so that's the uh, you know personal life of Polonia. But looking back on his major league career, uh, again, these are the major league numbers, nothing to do with any of the Mexican league, anything like that. Uh, res- very respectable batting average of 293, uh, career of um, uh, 1,417 hits, only 36 home runs. Again, not really a big power guy. Uh, 405 RBIs and 278 runs and had two rings there. Again, one with the Atlanta Braves in 95 and then one one with the New York Yankees in 2000. Uh, never an all-star, never a silver slugger, never really a leader of anything like that. Just a kind of a solid player, um, outfielder, um, leadoff type player there uh, for a number of teams and bounced around a lot there. And with the Yankees, um, had three different numbers. So his first go around in 89, he wore number 22. Uh, when he signed with the Yankees, the free agent in 94, wore number 17. And then his last go around the Yankees in 2000, wore number 19. So three different uniform uh, numbers for Luis Polonia. Uh, in his, I guess, uh, when you add it all up, uh, even though he played a lot of years, technically it's only 12 years, even though he bounced around to a bunch of different teams and leagues and stuff like that. So kind of an inter- interesting career there. And um, again, part of the Yankees on both sides there, as mentioned before, Part of that 96 team, uh, the Braves there, just that big battle against John Wetland. And, of course, with the Yankees in 2000 there, that battle against Armando Benitez. So a Yankee enemy and a Yankee friend there. So that's the life and times of Luis Polonia. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Hope you know a little bit more about Luis Polonia. And make sure you subscribe to this. Get more content like this coming up. Again, we still have about about a month left before spring uh, pitches and catches. And, of course, I'll try to find some cool things like this, some little Yankee knowledge, little Yankee history of stuff you might not know. So at the next cocktail party, You can impress people with your knowledge of Luis Polonia. Catch you next time.